At no point did we encourage violence. In fact, what we were doing was calling for the end of gun violence that is terrorizing our children day after day after day, and all we offer are moments of silence. Welcome to It's All Political on Fifth and Mission. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle senior political writer, and today we're talking to Tennessee Representative Justin Jones, or as you might know him, one of the Tennessee Three. That was him speaking on the floor of the Tennessee legislature last month during a debate over whether to expel him and two others. They had participated in a gun safety protest following a mass shooting that killed six people in Nashville. Jones and another black lawmaker, Justin Pearson, were booted from the legislature. A third lawmaker, who was white, was not. Jones and Pearson were reinstated. Since then, Jones has become a national figure, from meeting with President Biden and Vice President Harris in the White House, to doing the talk show circuit, to being celebrated as a generational leader. Jones is only 27 years old, the youngest person in the Tennessee legislature, and he's getting results. After his demonstration, expulsion, and reinstatement, Tennessee's Republican governor now supports a so-called red flag law that would allow judges to temporarily take guns from someone considered a danger to themselves or others. What you might not know about Jones is that he was born in Oakland, grew up in the East Bay, and graduated from Hercules High School. He's half Filipino, and he says growing up in the East Bay's rich, multicultural history of movement building, from the Black Panthers to the Occupy movement, shaped how he thinks and acts. Like many in his generation, Jones sees the intersectionality of issues, how concerns about the environment can be linked to racial justice, which could be tied to gun safety, and so on. Jones grew up demonstrating at Occupy protests in Oakland. He saw a police accountability movement coalesce around Oscar Grant, the young black man who was killed by a BART police officer at the Fruitvale Station. And at the age of 17, he led a demonstration in support of Trayvon Martin, also 17, who was killed by George Zimmerman in Florida. But Jones says his Bay Area background can be a political liability in conservative Tennessee. Even though he's been there for a decade, Some political opponents there want to paint him as a radical Californian. I started by asking him how his earliest East Bay memories have influenced him. This was my my grounding point. This was the place where I was first introduced to, you know, movements for labor rights, to movements for racial justice, to student-led movements as a high school organizer. Um, I was also born in the same Oakland Kaiser, as, as I was joking with the vice president about when she came to Tennessee. We were both born in Oakland Kaiser. So we are... There were some fighters there. And so, um, you know, just grateful to be able to grow up in a very multicultural, um, you know, environment. And that's always been a part of me um, and, and my work. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's been integral in my journey um, that, that now, you know, leads to Tennessee as, as a state representative, the youngest Democratic lawmaker in our state. You were born and raised in Oakland, as you said. Six years old, family moved to Richmond to escape some of the violence, and then Hercules. And then when you were young, I think it was about 2005, a close friend of yours was shot, correct, and killed. Yeah, a close family friend. Tell us uh, what happened there and that how that influenced you. Well, that was just, you know, my first introduction to um, gun violence, and it was um, one of our close family friends. And I just remember, you know, the grief that my family felt, and I remember the, the you know, movement to try and get justice in that case. But um, 
as I got older, I realized that it was systemic. I realized that it was a systemic issue um, and that this was something that was uh, pervasive, you know. And so um, I haven't thought about that in, in, in a while just because it is there's trauma there. And I think we have to recognize that this issue of gun violence is it creates trauma. It creates, um, you know, lifelong victims of those who are impacted by uh, these shootings. It's been a decade since I've, you know, went to, you know, since I've left the Bay Area. And so um, I think we have to be honest about that. Like this issue of gun violence in our nation um, is is an issue that is so um, connected to our experience. I remember, you know, you know, I, I remember, you know, we did active shooter drills in school, in my high school. Um, you know, I, I, I grew up in a time where we, you know, we had to have, you know, increased security in our schools. And so all these things were, Things that, you know, I don't think are unique to the East Bay or growing up in, in the Bay Area, but are things that obviously were a part of, of my of my experience growing up um, and, and connected to the issues that I advocate for now as well. And, and you became an organizer at a very young age, I believe 17 years old, the same age as Trayvon Martin when he was shot and killed. There was uh, a, a number of demonstrations. Uh, you organized and led one when you were 17. Walk us through that day because it started out peaceful, things got a little edgy, and then you stepped on stage and led the crowd in singing, We Shall Overcome. Yeah, I was 17. This was not the first demonstration. This, you know, because at that time I, I was active in the NAACP youth chapter and some other student advocacy groups, but, um, you know, really got started organizing as a high school student with student clubs like Amnesty International. Um, and, and so, but this was, this was a protest that you know on that scale i think it was a, the first protest on that scale because hundreds of people came and i was at the federal building in oakland um and i had just got back from um, florida where we we had a conference going on and we were just miles from the courthouse in sanford florida where the verdict came at, in to quit uh, george zimmerman i just remember the the anger that the young people were feeling and i remember the grief of our elders and i just thought that you know we have to do something and i was 17 which means i was the same age as trayvon was and I was getting ready to graduate when um, I had just graduated and was getting ready to go to undergraduate and still hadn't even committed to going to Fisk University in Nashville. But that was really a pivotal moment in my journey um, to see the power of people and to see the power of, um, you know, I choose the word nonviolent protest because I think that peace kind of denotes this type of um, pacifism sometimes, but nonviolence is something that to me is, you know, it is disciplined, but it, but it still allows for this type of righteous indignation. It still allows for this type of disruption to injustice. But yeah, the day of the Trayvon Martin protest was a moment of, of, of recognition for me that we as young people have power and that it's our time to continue the legacy of the civil rights movement. So the song we sang, uh, We Shall Overcome, was um, a connection to that lineage of liberation, uh, um, you know, that I heard my grandmother talk about, you know, my, cause actually my dad's family comes from the South, comes from Tennessee, moved to Chicago, then came to California. And so, you know, my, my, my roots trace back to the South on my dad's side, um, fleeing that, that racial terror of Jim Crow segregation, um, and, 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 and of, you know, of, of racialized violence. You went to Fisk University and got your undergraduate there. Why did you decide to stay in Tennessee uh, instead of come home to California? 
Well, I, I'm very intentional about saying, you know, Tennessee is my home. It is, is where, you know, it is where I, I, I am rooted. I think of, you know, W.E.B. Du Bois, who also went to Fisk University. He had a quote that said, um, so goes the South, as goes the nation. And, and I realized that the South is the front line for social change in this nation from abolition to the civil rights movement to the current third reconstruction that we're in. And, you know, just growing up in the Bay, I think here there's just this, there's so, there's so many, so much organizing. And I think sometimes people in the Bay take that for granted where you go to a state like my state and there's not as much infrastructure, there's not as much um, organizations, there's not as much investment in the South in terms of our organizing. And so, you know, it has such a rich legacy of civil rights activism, a movement, um, but it's still a place that, you know, and, and until recently, like my state, I don't think a lot of people were paying attention to Tennessee until, you know, this incident occurred. And in fact, our people, I think, felt so isolated and felt so even discarded by the national politic because um, people just said, oh, it's a red state and no change will ever come there. But finally, because of the, the attention to our expulsion, the nation is paying attention and saying that there is an opportunity to support this, this resurrection of a movement in Tennessee that is trying to transform Tennessee and in so doing the South. And not just the South, but if we can change the South, it will have national repercussions, which is why I think people in California, you know, are paying attention to what's happening. People, you know, here in the Bay, you know, I was on the plane and people were talking to me um, today about, you know, how they kept up with what's happening in Tennessee because it was so egregious, but also because they know that it's such a critical space to support and uplift what's going on. One of the demonstrations you were involved in in Tennessee was a campaign for the removal of the bust of Nathan Bedford Forrest from the Tennessee state capitol. Forrest was a Confederate general and one of the first leaders of the Ku Klux Klan, and here his bust is in the Tennessee state capitol, in a very prominent place. It's not like in a side hallway or wasn't in a side hallway. You were a major organizer in the demonstrations there in the, the Capitol Square. You renamed the Capitol Square for Ida B. Wells, the famous uh, crusading, uh, crusading journalist. And when I heard about that, I uh, thought of the Occupy demonstrations here, renaming the Oscar Grant Plaza in, the, in downtown Oakland. Did that influence or shape any of the stuff that went into that demonstration? And that's a very successful protest. By the way, the bust was removed. Definitely. Um, you know, one of the memories that I have um, is, you know, skipping classes in high school to go to the Occupy demonstrations here um, in Oakland, specifically when they had the um, general strike, when, you know, they shut the port of Oakland down, one of the um, main ports in the nation. I have relatives who grew up telling me about um, being involved with the Black Panther Party free lunch program. You know, I grew up um, here, you know, hearing my um, Lola show, share stories about um, on my Filipino side, my great grandfather um, being one of the farm workers at Delano, um, you know, and so when he came from the Philippines during World War II. And so, I, you know, I just grew up hearing these stories and and um, also a, a, a memory that makes me smile is to think I took my grandmother um, on my mom's side, who I call Lola, which is the Tagalog word for grandmother, um, to a protest. It was her first protest here. Um, against the Keystone XL pipeline in San Francisco. And I just saw her come to life as we were protesting this pipeline. Um, and this was during um, the Obama administration, but fighting for climate justice. Um, and so, you know, these are all, all moments that I, I am just, you know, very grateful for. Um, and I'm grateful to, you know, to be, have been surrounded by that because I know that was also a privilege to grow up in such a, a multicultural, progressive, affirming environment where, you know, 
my, in my neighborhood, you know, I had neighbors I celebrated Ramadan with, I celebrated um, Hanukkah with my other neighbors, I celebrated Simbangabi, which is a Filipino Christmas tradition. I, you know, went to a black, um, you know, church as well. I mean, I grew up in such a very um, fusion, you know, type of environment that really, I think, gave to me, you know, this grounding of, of what multiracial democracy can look like and growing up biracial, you know, you know, I, I grew up seeing it and I grew up, you know, going to parties where I would have soul food and also Filipino food and, you know, and, and it just, it was just beautiful to see. Tennessee is one of the reddest states in the country, but its NRA-backed Republican governor has come out in favor of red flag gun safety laws. That's unheard of. How did it happen? Tennessee State Representative Justin Jones will talk about that after a break. We'll be right back. Did you know the number one way people discover new podcasts is word of mouth from their friends? So if you enjoy Fifth Emission, we'd love it if you tell someone about our show, even if it's just one person. Thanks for helping us make new friends. After we record this, you'll be speaking at uh, UC Berkeley. When you speak to UC students, you're, you're not much older than some of these graduates are at this point. What is your message to them? I think the message that I'm, I'm, I'm sharing is the same message that I, I lifted up in Tennessee is that um, we are at a, a moment where our generation is, is, is rising um, and, and demonstrating our power and that if we were not powerful, we would not have these extreme forces trying so hard to silence us and to and to intimidate us. I mean, you know, when I was expelled, I'm the youngest Democratic lawmaker in our state. And that expulsion was really um, an attempt to make an example, to, to silence this new, um, unbought, unbowed, um, unintimidated um, boldness that our generation is bringing to spaces of political power. You know, I took office in January, and this is May, and so you know, I'm I'm, I'm a new lawmaker. But you know, I was told that when you go in, you go into the legislature, you, your first year, you're quiet and you don't really say anything. But as a generation, I think we we recognize that we cannot be silent because we face um, so many crises. You know, crises with mass shootings. We face a crisis in our environment. We face a crisis um, of democracy and a crisis of white nationalism. We, you know, the twice impeached. Um, former president who was complicit in insurrection was given a national platform on, on a news station um, surrounded by his supporters, you know, and I think in my message to young people is that we face the fierce urgency of now and that we must continue to bring um, urgency and boldness to um, these spaces of political power and that we, you know, must step into um, these, these, these offices that we don't have to wait, you know, when I was told to wait um, to run and, and, you know, to, you know, maybe start with council. But I ran for state legislature because that was a place where I was familiar, where I've spent a decade organizing in Tennessee and where I knew we had to challenge this extremism. And, you know, in, in my state in Tennessee, um, we have a Republican supermajority. It's very different from California. Um, you know, we have 75 Republicans in the House, 24 Democrats, and there's not a lot of progressive voices. You know, we're still fighting um, you know, to, to even recognize treating people dignity. Just recently, you know, in our legislature, they prioritized um, anti-LGBTQ legislation more than any other state. We had 27 bills targeting the LGBTQ community, the first state to ban drag shows, um, targeting trans youth health care. I mean, that's very different from what we see here in, in the Bay Area. Um, 
and 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 even in terms of you know racial justice, you know, in Tennessee, we're you know not us, but the Republican supermajority is banning books about Black history, banning books that they find to be uncomfortable. But here we have, you know, parents fighting to say. Oh, this should be the priority. You know, we want to make sure that we have inclusivity in our education. We want to make sure that we we talk about ethnic studies. Um, you know, and 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 I think that's beautiful, and and I think that you know that is the America that I want to live in for all people, where they feel affirmed and supported, and their dignity is is upheld. It's been a whirlwind few weeks for you, to say the least. You've been in the Oval Office. You you've met with President Biden, and as you as you alluded to earlier, Vice President Harris. You've met with all kinds of influential, powerful people across the country and grassroots people. Who gives you the sense that they could get something done? Who's inspired you over the, these last few weeks when you vaulted from someone who was just elected in January to talking to the president? I think what gives me the most hope um, are the young people, Gen Z, who I've met. I mean, that, that is the, the powerful force that has really given me hope in this time. And I think it's a force that we're hearing and seeing the influence, you know, and I call it the find out generation, because I think, you know, there is this boldness and this um, persistence um, to get change. And so people are finding hope from this resurgence of a youth-led movement in this nation. And that's, that is lifting up issues, um, above the partisan fray and that making them trans transcend partisan politics, like the issue of gun violence, but making it a moral issue. And I think, you know, that's what I talked about in the White House was that this is not an issue of left or right, but it's a moral issue of right or wrong. And, and I think that is that is where we have to center this. What I'm so encouraged by is to see the intersectionality of the movement, to see, you know, this comprehensive strategy and, and this connection of, um, you know, across geography in this nation um, to really make America what it ought to be. Um, and to challenge um, those who wish to take us backwards in our history. Um, I think, you know, 2024 is going to be a very tumultuous time. But what gives me hope is that um, I see a robust movement rising and I see um, I see so much connections across America that are not falling into despair in this moment, but really rising in hope. It was struck when you said the gun violence issue. This is obviously the one that, that brought you to, to national fame in California. No, we have the, some of the strictest gun laws in the country, but we can't make changes because of even in our neighboring states, we don't have, they're, they're very loose and lax gun laws. How should Democrats better talk about this as a moral issue? Well, the thing I can say as someone, you know, coming from a red Republican state is that the majority of people in my state across political party, every poll has shown that Republicans, independents, Democrats support the common sense gun laws that we're, we're, we're proposing in a state like mine, which are safe storage, red flag laws, universal ban background checks, ban on high capacity magazines. I mean, these are things that the majority of Americans support. A Fox News poll, you know, released showing that Americans support these things. And so what we just have to do is to show that those who are opposing these, these are not representing Republican voices, but it is, it is really this free, this fringe extreme element um, that is that is kind of rogue, you know, even from from their own base. And, and, and to also lift it up to say that we don't have to live this way. You know, that when, when the shooting happened at Covenant Elementary in Nashville, it was a private Christian school. A, a lot of those parents are Republicans. 
And those are the same mothers and, and fathers and parents who I saw the Capitol for weeks holding up signs saying Republicans for common sense gun laws. These are the people who I talked to in my office. These are the people who I cried with. These are the people who reached out saying that they are so frustrated with their leadership because, you know, no parent should have to live with that terror. And, and you know, I think we just have to continue to say that, you know, these mass shootings do not discriminate. Um, in my state, we have an NRA in the NRA-endorsed Republican governor calling a special session on gun laws, um, something that is unheard of, you know, because, you know, and I, I met with the governor actually yesterday. I met with the governor and some students in my state um, before leaving today. Um, and our governor, he's been very public, was impacted by the shooting, lost a friend at the mass shooting in Nashville. And so, again, this is not a political um, issue. It is an issue of, of humanity. It is an issue of the type of world we want to live in and that we want our children and grandchildren to live in. And so a few months ago, it would be unheard of for the governor to support red flag laws and say we want a special session. But the 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 tide is shifting and the paradigm of what is politically possible is shifting. You're going to have, a what, 72 hours in the Bay? What are you going to do, you know, on your downtime, old places to check out, places you've heard of? What are you what are you going to do? Unfortunately, look at my itinerary. It doesn't look like I'm going to have a lot of free time. And so, but um, <laughs> you know, maybe if I can take a, a moment of sacred pause, I, I definitely want to um, spend some time by um, the water. You know, Ocean Beach is a place where I grew, went a lot as, a, as growing up. And the water is a place of rejuvenation for me. And after this season, um, this whirlwind of a season, I hope to just to step by the water and just pause. I know you're very proud of your where you grew up here in the East Bay. We appreciate you sort of detailing how that influenced you. But but back home in Tennessee, you know, some of your political opponents, I'm sure, use your Californianness against you. Correct? I mean, you know, they they create this caricature of California as as this you know extreme place. Um, and to them, extreme is inclusivity. To them, extremism is um, affirming the dignity of all people. You know, and so um, to those who mischaracterized multiracial community and communities that um, uplift all people. I think that those are the extreme ones. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, to, to be connected, you know, to, to a space where I, I learned that, you know, if, if I want to, you know, hearken to theology that, you know, you, you have to care for each other. You have to love each other. You have to really um, be willing to sacrifice for others and, and really, you know, work for a world, I was talking to some students when I was in, in outside the White House. This video um, went viral, but you know, some st Jewish students, and we talked about tikkun olam and you know, the, the, you know, this repair of the world that we're all called to. And so um, that's what we're working on. And 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 I'm I'm grateful that I learned this growing up in the Bay. You've seen so many movements that have transformed the nation. You know, I, I you know, um, the Alcatraz movement for Indigenous rights, the Black Panther Party. Um, you you had um, you know with the LGBTQ and pride, you know, Harvey Milk, um, all these legacies of the Bay um, have really been inspirational for the nation. And I think I know that, you know, they're, they're inspirational for me. I do hope to get some good Filipino food while I'm here in the Bay, um, <laughs> because that's the only thing I miss in Tennessee. Um, I'll have to drive an hour to the military base to get Filipino food. And so here, you know, oh much more God. options for cuisine that I've been missing, especially my grandma's cooking. <laughs> you won't have to drive an hour. Exactly. Representative Justin Jones, thank you so much uh, for being on It's All Political on Fifth and Mission. Thanks so much. 
Thank you for listening, and I hope that you and your family are safe and healthy. I'd like to thank Representative Justin Jones for joining me on the podcast today. And props always to the King, King Kaufman, for producing this episode. And remember, no matter what people say about Oakland's influence, it's all political. On Fifth and Mission. <laughs>